I'm Rev. Shannon Moore, and you're listening to the Simple Worship Podcast, recorded each week at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Every Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we gather in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd to sing, take communion, and worship. If you'd like to join us, in person or virtually, please visit our website, universitychristian.org, for more details. Continuing in Matthew's Gospel, we've been in Matthew for quite a bit. Uh, Where we are right now is Jesus has made it to Jerusalem for this last week of His life. That was a cause for celebration for some people and a cause for turmoil for other people. The others who for whom turmoil uh, His arrival calls were the religious leaders. They were uh, intimidated by Jesus a little bit. They were afraid and jealous of His popularity, but they were also convicted by His teaching. And so, uh, right after Jesus got to Jerusalem, He goes to the temple and we have that famous scene where He turns over the tables and runs the money changers out and criticizes them for, uh, for using the temple, which is supposed to be a place of prayer for economic reasons, and he's teaching and he's healing. So the religious leaders come up with a series of questions to challenge him. They're trying to trip him up, make him lose credibility, get him out of the temple. And the first thing they asked him was about authority. Who gave you the authority to be here? It was not us, so why are you here? And so Jesus kind of trip them up by asking them a question about the validity of John the Baptist's ministry. The religious leaders had not believed in John, but a lot of the people did. And they needed the support of the people to stay in their position of power. And so they were not able to answer that question without shining that light on themselves. And so they just said, we don't know. So Jesus just kept going and told a parable. And that's, if you were here last week, that's the story we talked about Pretty simple parable in uh, the parable world. These are little stories of Jesus about two sons. A father asked the two sons to go work in the vineyard. One of them said, I'll do it, but he didn't. And the other one said, I won't do it, but he did. And so Jesus was telling us that actions are more important than our words, that living out God's love is more important than just having knowledge of it. And so that authority and position and power, none of that is as important as putting love into action. Well, Jesus continues with another parable today, uh, these little stories that He tells to make a point, usually about what the Kingdom of God is like. And so as I often say, we, we tend to hear these stories and immediately uh, assign real people to the characters in the story. and so. As usual, the, if there's a landowner or a king or something, we tend to think of that as God. Sometimes that pans out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, usually the hero in the story is us, and the foil is somebody we don't like. And that's kind of how we, you know, when you read any story or hear any story, we tend to put ourselves in the hero role. Nobody reads um, The Three Little Pigs and thinks of themselves as the wolf. You know, they're the smart pig with the built the house with bricks. That's who we are. Um, so as we hear this story, the context is really important. Some things to be thinking about. Who was Jesus talking to? What's the time period? What was the economic setup? Uh, who was in power? Um, in this time, land leasing, um, Sharecropping is another term that you might use, was very common. Tenants would lease land from a big landowner, and then at harvest time they'd have to give part of that to the landowner as payment for using the land. Um, 
So that's going to come up in this parable today. We've got um, the gospel writers. Each gospel writer had a different audience they were writing to. We kind of put their own bent to uh, the story of Jesus. Um, it's helpful to think, have we heard this story before? How have we heard it interpreted before? And are there any other biblical references found in this story? So there's a very important Old Testament uh, Hebrew Scripture uh, reference in this parable. Um, it's found in Isaiah chapter 5. Um, Isaiah is speaking. Uh, Isaiah was a prophet um, and telling the Hebrew people, who would later be called the Jewish people, uh, that Israel was like a vineyard uh, planted on a fertile, fertile hill. It was cleared. It was dug of stones. A watchtower was built in it. And God expected fine grapes to come out of this vineyard, but it yielded rotten grapes instead. And so through the prophet, God said the vineyard has to go away. God wanted justice, but got bloodshed. God wanted righteousness, but instead got crying. So keep that in mind as you hear this parable of Jesus. This is Matthew 21, starting at verse 33. Jesus said, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went away. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Then... He sent his son, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, what will he do to those tenants? And they said to Jesus, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. And then Jesus quotes again from Psalm 118, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. And then to the religious leader says, Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces its fruits. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. It will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. So, as I always say, as we're looking at a parable, this is... My interpretation, this is not the definitive interpretation. I invite you to interpret it on your own. I'd love to chat with you about it sometime if you have a different idea. But here's what comes to me. Jesus starts this parable, and those religious leaders would have immediately recognized that reference to the vineyard. That's Israel, the vineyard, the watchtower. Jesus is using these familiar biblical references. That's their Bible. 
Uh, and they certainly would have known that. Now, as those who are responsible for the faith leadership of the Jewish people, perhaps those religious leaders put themselves into the hero position in this story, that of the landowner, the put-upon landowner, being taken advantage of by the unruly rabble of the not-so-faithful. And Jesus sets it up perfectly. This landowner, and they're thinking, oh, that's us. We're the one in power. Send servants to collect payment at harvest. Doesn't go so well. They're beaten and killed. Sends a second group. Same thing happens. So now these tenants are thinking, we get to keep all of the harvest. We don't have to give any money to the landowner. Then he sends his son. And they think if we kill him, all the inheritance goes to us. We get to keep the profits from now on. So as the religious leaders are hearing this story, if they've placed themselves in the position of that landowner, they're going to get a little bit upset because that landowner is getting taken advantage of by the tenants. And so when Jesus says, what's going to happen to these tenants? They're like, they're going to be destroyed. Then Jesus flips it around quotes from the Psalms about the cornerstone, the stone that was rejected became the cornerstone. It says, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces its fruits. And that's when they realized that they were in, Jesus was saying they were the tenants, the violent tenants who were not doing the right thing. They wanted to arrest him right then, but they couldn't because they had to stay in the graces of the people because the people thought Jesus was a prophet and they didn't want to lose their own power and popularity. Whew, this is a complicated situation. Um, you know, I can't think about this parable without remembering the time I showed my dad a Jeep that I wanted to buy and he bought it and gave it to my sister. Uh, <laughs> but that's another parable. We'll talk about another time. <laughs> the traditional sort of interpretation that the church, that Christianity has used throughout the years for this text is that God's favor is going to be taken from the Jewish people and given to Christians. That's sort of been the, the typical interpretation of this text. And it is a dangerous interpretation of this text because it has caused and continues to cause um, violence um, uh, toward the people of the Jewish faith. We also got to consider that Jew, uh, Matthew was writing to an audience of Jewish Christians, those who thought it was important to maintain religious practices of the Jewish faith as they're following this new way of, of Jesus. And the religious leaders of that time didn't care for that. And so it's almost like Matthew is writing this to the current religious leaders of his context, of his day, and saying, you're going to get yours, you jerks. But if we take all of that out, all of the history and the traditions and opinions, uh, there's a famous quote of Martin Luther that says, sometimes you have to squeeze a biblical passage until the gospel leaks out of it. This is kind of one of those passages, I think. If if we look at this passage and we see God as the landowner, 
who sent servants to collect the harvest. That could be the prophets all through the Old Testament who came, tried to get the people to do things in a different way, and they were rejected and killed, sends more servants, and finally sends the Son, Jesus. It's a strange tactic for a powerful landowner. Why would... Why wouldn't a landowner, a powerful person, send an army to take care of and destroy those tenants who kept responding with violence? So when Jesus set up that question for the religious leaders, he said, what would the landowner do? And their response was a violent one. They said, he'd repay murder for murder. But that's not what God did. That's how the religious leaders thought a landowner should respond. But that's not what God did in reality in sending the prophets, in sending Jesus. Because God loves the vineyard. God loves the tenants. Even though their deeds were super misguided. He didn't send down, God didn't send down armies of angels to destroy everybody. God sent God's Son to teach a different way, to show that the kingdom of God is different from human kingdoms. And Jesus would be killed for this. The stone that the builders rejected was resurrected and became the cornerstone. And when Jesus overcame death, he proved that violence and death don't win in the kingdom of God. So how we live matters. How we respond to violence matters. How we treat our enemies matters. I always want to put a caveat in here. This is not an invitation to accept abuse. That is not what faithful living is about. But it is the search for a healthy response to violence and to our enemies. We see in this story a God who loves with an inexplicable love, who gives and gives and gives and offers love again and again and again, even when it is rejected. Perhaps God is calling us to try to do the same thing. Thank you for listening to the Simple Worship Podcast. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at universitychristian.org. If you like this sermon, please share it with others. Thanks again, and have a blessed week.